Welcome to Secrets of Stand Up. I'm Rich Williams, a comic you've never heard of, giving you advice on how to be a better comedian that you probably won't listen to or follow up on. This is my 50th video. I started two and a half months ago, and this is my 50th. It's, it's wild to think what you can do if you're disciplined and do something each day, even if you don't think that day it's going to amount to much. Uh, it starts to build on itself. And it, it's been great for me, my mental health, health. Hopefully it's helped a lot of you. I've watched a lot of comedian sets and given feedback. I'm going through this evening and doing more of that. I want to focus on a video that was two videos ago. Finding your comedic voice what your point of view is. I'm going to give you three extreme examples of people that aren't stand-up comics. They're accounts that I follow on Twitter. And they make me laugh every time I see their tweets. I know it's called X now, but I'm still used to calling it Twitter. These three accounts, three-year letterman, Nick Adams, and Pericles, Perry Abbasi. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. They're so locked in to their point of view, to their comedic voice, uh, it's remarkable. And once you get what they're doing, it's fun to follow along with. Now, again, uh, with all three of these, mainly two of them, Ignore the, poli- the politics of it. Ignore the political aspect. Um, one is very political, and the second one is kind of all over the place politically. And then the third one, he just focuses on, <laughs> on driving people crazy and being a, a youth football coach. <laughs> I don't know. These three accounts bring me such joy. Now, again, in, in this realm, on Twitter, they're being more extreme. But it can work in stand-up comedy. In stand-up, the ideal way to go, in, in my opinion, is to take who you really are, what you really believe, your, your perso- persona and personality, and boost it up a bit when you're on stage. Amp it up by 20% in your writing and in your performing. You can go more extreme, and that works. And that's what these three accounts do. They're very much hitting on number 10 for, uh, from 0 to 10 in terms of what they talk about, their positions, and their character. So I want you to take a look at, at some of this. And the assignment is to follow these three accounts. Trust me. I'm not, this isn't going to make or break their accounts. They all have a lot of followers. They're very well known on Twitter. And I'm not trying to convert you to any way of believing. I just want you to see it as an example. See these three accounts as examples of really being laser focused into your brand. Uh, We'll start with a three-year letterman. Let's take a look at uh, 
some of his back and forth. What's hilarious to me is he purposely gets things wrong, which makes other people on Twitter respond and correct him. And then he <laughs> he'll accuse them of financing their waterbed. Like he's stuck in this 80s mentality where he has a timeshare in Pigeon Forge and has so many uh, championship rings from high school football coaching that it's hard for him to open doors. He gets a standing ovation at Beefo Brady's when he goes in there. And people will argue with him. Big name people like Keith Oberman. And he also... <laughs> He also purposely gets people's names wrong when he's responding. It's like real high-level trolling from this persona of a youth high school legend. And he says that he's not some random clown. This guy is just parody. I mean, he's a lawyer, I think, in Ohio. Um, and I'm not giving away any big secrets. It's funnier when you stumble across accounts like this because uh, you don't know what's going on. And I don't want to ruin the mystery for you, but this is an exercise in figuring it out for yourself. The other thing that he does that I find especially funny, he tags people in his posts, like celebrities, that are not really related to what he's saying. They're loosely related for some reason. The next one is Nick Adams. I don't know this guy... Like, I don't know any of their real stories. Um, and part of it is probably real with Nick. Part of it is, I know it's an exaggeration and it's to piss people off. And again, like, to, like I talked in the video about finding your comedic voice, in certain aspects, the people that love you and the people that hate you, they're both of those sides feuding are going to make you more popular. It's like uh, in private parts when Howard Stern was finding out, they were talking about his ratings. The people that loved him listened for a certain amount of time. The people that hated him listened way longer to his show. And, you know, it made Howard Stern a phenomenon. So Nick Adams, here's a video. <laughs> just, and people take this seriously. That's what's funny to me. It's all very similar to Andy Kaufman. Like when Andy Kaufman um, started wrestling women. I mean, to go back to the 70s, if you're old enough, and think about how preposterous that was. But people got so angry at him, and he loved it. The idea that a man would wrestle a woman and brag about it was incomprehensible back then. And so... Uh, Let's take a look at this video. The UN can get bent. How dare they tell Americans that we should reduce our consumption of meat. The UN can get bent. And to make a point, I will be eating a tomahawk three times a day. Every single meal will be a massive tomahawk steak because again the UN can get bent 
Get bent. Get bent. And so Nick Adams, one of the things that uh, his fans will do when he makes an outrageous proclamation on Twitter is they'll tell him that he needs to apologize. And then it's just this constant stream of, I'm not going to do it. I'm never going to apologize. And he also talks about, um, he writes these long posts where he goes through these uh, scenarios that he experienced. But, you know, and, uh, and they're so, they're so detailed and well-written and ludicrous. And then people will write, uh, I'll take things that never happened for 500. And so people are trying, <laughs> they're arguing with him to say, this didn't really happen. And it infuriates them. And meanwhile, I'm just laughing because it's so funny. Um, the final one is probably my favorite. And part of that is because he's so sweet and generous. He followed me back. I have almost no followers except for bots on Twitter. Um, but he, a lot of time, all three of them, but especially third-year Letterman and uh, this third guy, Pericles, Perry, election legal, they'll retweet. So three-year Letterman, third-year Letterman, um, he'll repost people that are pissed at him. And (laughs) that's got to blow their minds. Perry will retweet things that his followers say because they start getting in on the joke like I have in some of these. And like he reads all of his stuff and he retweets it. And it's super nice because it feels like you're part of it. You're not just some anonymous person on Twitter. And I don't know. He's so funny. Like, look at these tweets. So he has this running gag where he says some of the gayest stuff, but then like talks about how straight he is. And like this unnecessary need to clarify that he's engaged to a biological woman without a penis. And people will Photoshop his head onto like naked men. And he, <laughs> he lost a hundred pounds in real life and he was on a PBS commercial. Um, I don't know. He, he's friends or is obsessed with uh, this actress named Dasha who does the Red Scare podcast. I'm not familiar with it, but I get, you know, what's going on. And uh, loves Lana Del Rey. (laughs) I just don't... I laugh so hard at the idea of someone saying they're a hardcore alpha male and then doing things that don't seem very alpha male. And he and Nick Adams... And three-year Letterman, they all live in this same group where they comment on each other's stuff. And sometimes you'll catch them almost breaking character, like three-year Letterman will say to Nick Adams, this is a work of art. And I don't know, 
the whole thing is so funny to me. Even though I know what to expect with these three accounts, because they've limited their focus and they're locked in on their characters, their persona, their comedic voice, their point of view, they are still surprising to me with what they come up with within that restriction. It's like one of the videos I made early on. Without constraining yourself, you'll never be free. It's an oxymoron, but if you can write about anything in the world, you're not going to write about anything. So that's what I mean with point of view and finding your comedic voice. It doesn't have to be a caricature. But when you're able to focus in on what's important to you, what you want to talk about, your perspective on things, when you can define yourself in such a way that people want to hear your take on it, it's amazing. I still don't feel well. Uh, but yeah, 50 more videos coming, I guess. This is a lot. But it's what I have, and it's what I enjoy. I hope you're enjoying it too. I don't care if you like the videos. I respond to every uh, comment that's left there. So if you have any questions, please fill out a comment. Send it along. I love interacting with people. As I said before, once I'm able to unlock whatever goal you need to reach on YouTube to stream. I want to do live chats so that I can talk with comics directly and answer your questions. I do that on two Discord servers when possible. And uh, yeah, I, I love comedy. I love comedians. And I was helped out so much by so many comics when I was starting out and throughout my career. I'm still helped out by comics. And so I want to give something back. So here's to 50 more. I release a video every day at 11 Eastern AM. And I'm doing 100 videos in 100 days. Thanks a lot.